your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Now, on Friday week, the 8th of March, Irish citizens will be asked to vote in two referendums to change our constitution. And to hear both sides today, we are going to have a debate and I'm joined by uh, one political advocate for a yes, yes vote, Fine Gael Senator Mary Siri Carney. And from the no, no side in the uh, referendums, I'm joined by the leader of Into Padder Tobin TD, and you are both very welcome. First of all, before we get into the nitty gritty, I just want to ask you both, uh, beginning uh, with you, Mary, about turnout and the level of interest in these referendums. Would you be concerned? Well, I think that there has been a very good... First of all, thank you for having me, Joe. And, but I think that there has been a um, a very good debate. I think that uh, the interest across all radio stations, certainly um, the number of people texting in on uh, throughout debates that I have been on, there would seem to be a, a general public interest in it. Uh, and I suppose it is up to us to, to champion people and to say whatever you're voting, uh, whether you're, you're for us or against us, uh, in the in the yes or no side, uh, please go out and exercise the vote. So uh, uh, referendums are are, are are a mixed bag, really, as we look back over the years uh, in whether there is a great voter turnout. But all we can do is keep urging people to get out and vote. Pander Tobin, what's your view? Yeah, well, well according to the local, uh, the recent polls, the Irish Time poll uh, said that 53% of people hardly knew anything about these referendums. And I think that's very concerning. I think it's probably in the government's interest that people don't know exactly what these amendments are about. Um, And maybe the government are banking on that in terms of of trying to get the results that they want. But I do think these uh, particular referendums are are extremely important. And I would encourage people to do their best to read them. And they're not complex uh, in one sense, even though obviously the the family uh, amendments people find that nobody really knows what durable relationships means and that. But in general terms, um, you know, I would say people should read the documents and read the Electoral Commission's advice around them and come to a decision on it because these are important amendments. But it is important to point out that in both referenda, a simple majority, regardless of the turnout, will suffice, won't it, either way? Yeah, that that is that is correct. So, uh, you know, I, I would imagine that turnout is going to be lower than normal in in these uh, particular referendums. And, um, you know, e- even at that, though, if there's majority, uh, the referendum uh, would pass. If there's a majority, yes, which means the constitution will be changed. And the only way to change the constitution back would be another referendum. It's not like obviously a law in the the, the legislature, the Oireachtas, which can be changed at any stage. People would have to go back to the polls. There be there would be a need for another twenty million euros to be spent uh, for that and, uh, change to happen. And, and Senator Carney, I mean, you would agree with that on a factual basis, wouldn't you? Well, on a, on a factual basis, yes. Uh, I'm not sure that we would go to the polls again. Uh, you know, there, there are other things to do. Uh, so it is really important that if you want family uh, life and care to be reflected in our constitution as it's lived every day, that people get out and that right. they, they go well, and well, vote. Yes, well, yes. well, let's get into that then. Um, we'll begin with the family amendment, uh, which would extend the definition of the family beyond those relationships based on marriage and the constitutional protection given to families would cover uh, both families based on marriage and families founded on other durable relationships. Um, 
Why do you think, uh, Mary, it is important to make this change? Well, the fact is that lots of people are going about, they're either single parent families, they're either cohabitees, uh, or they are uh, a couple living together without children. There are grandparents, we're in grandchildren, there are all sorts of, of relationships all day, every day. People are going about their lives not realising that their constitution doesn't recognise them as a family. And if they need to stand in front of the courts asserting a right or seeking a right uh, under their constitution, it is a quite a a painful thing to hear your state say that you are not a family and that is the case on anybody who we know all of the people in our lives who are not uh, do not have a family that is founded on marriage and have a married couple at the center of it everybody else every other version the cohabitees the single parent families they are not recognized in our constitution as a family and it's really important that our constitution is reflective of the life in ireland as we live it right. Padato Bean, why are you advocating for a no vote in this referendum? Yeah, I, I suppose in general people have been quite shocked at how poorly written this particular amendment is. Um, so the, the amendment pivots around a, a term called durable relationships. And nobody really knows uh, what durable relationships mean. So we've had the the, uh, the chair of the Electoral Commission say that a durable relationship could be defined as a couple getting a Christmas card together. Uh, or maybe invited to a wedding together, for example. But we don't know when it actually starts. You know, is it after three months, six months, nine months, uh, etc.? Uh, and we don't know then what rights it will have. I agree, actually, with, with Mary in terms of the Constitution. Uh, the language is archaic. It needs to be up to date. Uh, I would have liked to have seen, you know, single parent families and cohabiting families um, recognised within um, the Constitution. It's not clear that single parent families will be recognised, it must be said, and that's um, a worry for myself. But the key element is that we don't really know what effect this will have in terms of uh, taxation, uh, inheritance, immigration, uh, or any of the the, the uh, social welfare uh, rights a family might have. I asked Thomas Byrne last week on, on live television, could a person be in an undissolved marriage with one person and be in a constitutionally recognised marriage equivalent durable relationship with another person at the same time? And he said yes. Now, that level of confusion is absolutely going to cause problems in the courts. Okay. And it means that you're going to have situations where people will be forced to go to court to really understand whether or not their relationship is a durable relationship. And that will cost massive money. It will cause a great difficulty for people too. Right. I mean, Joe, this, I need to come in there. Well, well I, I, was the, I was just about, the, if you, if you, if you yeah. give me just a moment there, I was, I was, I was just about to actually bring you yeah. in. <laughs> so carry on. Yeah, well, well, first of all, a durable relationship is what we all know to be a family unit, what we all recognise as a family unit. It absolutely does include single parent families. There is no question that misinformation that's being put out is deliberately confused. The fact is there are lots of relationships that are lasting, permanent, stable. People choose not to get married for a variety of reasons. People are in second relationships and, and established second families because perhaps for religious reasons they don't believe in divorce, but there are, they are a separated couple and we have a different classification in the courts that is awarded for that for people a, a judicial separation as opposed to a divorce not everybody gets divorced so second units can family units can be established they are strong committed caring relationships they do not have to have an intimate element as in a sexually intimate element and that establishes okay. it as parents okay. Okay. Just, just, just a moment now um, mm. uh, Mary I'm wondering what happens in a scenario where 
um, a couple are married. And one of that couple was previously in a relationship that wasn't a married relationship, but had lived with somebody for a number of years. Is that previous relationship under this durable? That only comes into fact if that previous relationship is trying to assert some sort of a right. And in that then, a married couple, so the, the definition of the family before the court in the Constitution is going to be marriage first. So if you stand and you need to assert a right before the courts or argue that you should be afforded right before the courts, if you have a marriage certificate, you don't have to prove anything. For a durable relationship, you must prove those lasting, permanent, stable, strong, all of the indicators of a family unit. You must be able to argue those those oh, features. Okay. Uh, well, so so on, on, on that this specific... won't change inheritance. On, on that, this won't change any of those things. On, on that specific question, Padder, and then the wider question, the question I asked... Yeah. Yeah, so like, so so I'd just like to ask Mary, how how long would a person have to be together for them to be able to prove that it's a durable relationship? The, the the matters will be what are what are the people trying to to claim before the court? It it isn't everybody. No, no, when, is, people go their when whole does a durable relationship start, Mary? They have the constitutional protections. People go their whole lives. I have sat in a court and heard the state call out that a family who are seeking the family status has a particular rights of making decisions on health care, decisions on education, decisions on on on. When does a durable relationship start, Mary? You, that is a complete red herring pattern. Well, you know it. The fact of the so, matter is... No, no, yeah, give her a chance. Yeah. So you, Pater, you asked her a question. I'm giving you opportunities to respond as well, but you're asking her, yeah, so okay. give her a chance to answer it. So the, the fact is it has to have all of the hallmarks of a family unit and the only place. So we walk around all day under the freedom of Article 37 of the Constitution that gives us a right of our... our of um, natural justice and fair proceedings from the court. That only be, that right only becomes something that we need to argue if our right, uh, that right is deprived or if our right of a decision-making okay. as a family I, is deprived. I, I want to let Patter back so in. And, and Patter, don't, don't, don't ask a question now. Court. Give us your view. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, see, the problem is anytime anybody asks the government any specific questions around this, they simply won't answer it. And that's the key problem in this. So and again, you know, around durable relationships, uh, uh, you know, and single parent families, you know, Mary is, is wrong in this because the only time the words durable, durable relationship has appeared in front of the courts, it is actually meant a intimate or a sexual relationship, which is not obviously a single parent family no in, in, in relation to that. And even when we ask the question, can a person be in, a, in, a, in a, an undissolved marriage and a, a new uh, durable relationship at the same time with different people? You know, the government still won't answer those questions. Marriages revoke wills. If I'm in two constitutionally recognized relationships at the same time, which will is revoked in, in, in that scenario. None of this can be answered by the government because the government don't know the facts on this. It can right. only be answered so, by a so, judge. So, and that's actually, that's just one point more. That's actually a reverse democracy. Okay. Yeah, in a democracy, the people should actually decide what the meaning of the law is and then the judges should apply that to individuals. But, but, and this I is mean, not what's happening at the moment. For example, do you believe that if this referendum were carried and you had a couple who were married and one of them was in a previous relationship without children and without marriage or without civil partnership and one of the that individual came back at the person who was then in the marriage that that would have no legal status 
Is this addressed yeah, to myself? Yeah, it's addressed to you, Patter, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like, see, the problem is there's no definition for a durable relationship. The, with the government are asking people to put into the Constitution a definition-free term. And yes, you know, Mary can speak about the generalities of what a family is, and people know that. But when it comes to specific questions in terms of wills, in terms of social welfare, in terms of taxation, in terms, even like Neil Richmond admitted that the word durable relationship would significantly broaden the understanding of what a family is for migration purposes. Um, and he stated that, you know, you would have people would have a greater rights to be able to repatriate to Ireland in terms of, of that. So, you know, I, I just think this is really poorly written. It's really bad. And I'm not sure if it's incompetence in the government's part or if it's that the government leave it so broad that it's mobile. But, but because the debate has become so broad now, we've actually had this crazy situation arise in the doll where people are talking about troubles. But the fact is that level of craziness is allowed in this debate because the definition of okay. uh, durable well, well, relationship is not being Senator provided. Carney, um, would it be possible to provide a specific definition of durable relationship? I think that it will. It, we are already providing a definition of durable relationship. We are already saying this is a lasting, permanent, stable relationship, one that is recognisable as a family. And, and is, is that is that in, is that in the, the just to be clear, is that in the independent electoral commission documentation? That definition you've just given us. No, but that is all of the explanations that we are given because a durable relationship, it is about the couple <clears throat> who are standing or the individual who is standing before the court arguing for that right for family status. Can I just understand one other thing? thing. If, you, if you have somebody in a durable, unmarried, non-civil uh, partnership relationship and one or both were in previous unmarried, non-civil partnership, durable relationships which takes precedence in a in a in a position of conflict or or contention uh, mary well what what sort of contention are you talking about well you tell me before the courts or whatever they might become looking for no no but this this is this is scalp pebble dashing you know misinformation and confusion deliberately to undermine it the fact of the matter is that families find themselves before the courts every day and they, the likes of the, the Omara judgment a couple of weeks ago, where that man waited three years for the court to, to adjudicate that he was entitled to the widow's pension. He was given it on the basis of the fact of his children's rights and his, uh, and their right to equality before the, before the courts. He was not given it on the basis of his relationship, yet he was in that relationship for over 18 years. They are families that are in our lives all of the Can time. I- and by completely crowding that, on the day after the, the, the constitutional referendum, if those families have been left down, it will be a travesty because people believe that their state, that their constitution should reflect right. the lives uh, that they live and I the relationships and the pa- family Toby. units that they are in. Yeah, so the, the government have strategically avoided putting definition into this. So normally when a bill comes through the doors, there's a thing called pre-legislative scrutiny. So that means a committee sits and it brings in loads of different experts to get advice of what legislation would mean. The government did not allow for that to happen. So then when it went to the doll, um, the government did not accept uh, any amendment that sought to define durable relationship. They actually guillotined the bill, so the bill didn't have proper time for the debate. Michael McDougall has even gone to the bother trying to FOI the uh, the minister to see what advice he has got from his departments to see exactly what it means. 
and the minister has refused to to give that information out. Indeed, the Taoiseach said in the Dáil that in future a, a, a marriage could still be prioritised by a future administration. Um, and in the Shannad, Roger Gorman said he does not agree with that. Two senior ministers actually disagreeing with each open, openly on the basis of the meaning of this. This is a recipe for chaos, and the government I, I, I know that. The other yeah, point I want to make. You've just got a little muggy that, there um, on the line. Sorry, Padre, if you can just move. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, sorry apologies. Yeah. No, the the okay. other point I, that yeah. I want to say on this is that usually so a person normally doesn't have to go to the to the um a court to understand their rights normally their th- those rights are very clear so if if you're a married couple for example at the moment you'll know what taxation rights you have when do you find out what your taxation rights are when you're a durable relationship is it after 3 months of that durable relationship Six months after that durable relationship, nine months, or do you well, have to well, go to well, courts again? Okay, that? well, let's, let's, ask, let's, ask, let's ask Mary that very question. The, your taxation, all of those matters are matters of the Oireachtas and legislations passed by the Oireachtas. All of those things are. They're not prescribed in the, in the Constitution. They are matters for the Oireachtas, and none of those situations of inheritance, succession, none of those things are going to change as a result of us voting yes and ensuring that families as they live their lives are recognised in the constitution. So, so, e- so even if it's, e- just, just to be clear, so even if it's passed uh, and we have this definition of durable relationships, it'll all be covered by existing legislation. Is that what you're saying? The existing legisla- legislation as it stands still stands. The fact is that the Omara decision now obliges the government to, uh, to do one of two things, to bring forward legislation that includes cohabitees, to have rights for a widow's pension or, or, or a, 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 those sort of payments, or else they have to justify why we wouldn't do that. And that is permissible. See, all constitution has, or all legislation has to have either the boundaries set and the justification for them to, to set why we aren't extending those rights to people within, within uh, legislation. But the legislation as it stands for taxation are all matters for the Oireachtas and matters right. for the pa- revenue they're not matters for the constitution so first of all obviously the constitutional sets out the it's a fundamental law it sets out the rights of the citizens and the obligations and the responsibilities of the state and in this scenario the law has to adhere to the principles and the rights within the constitution if it doesn't it will be struck out and it will be deemed unconstitutional etc so you know, on one level that we're told that nothing is going to change uh, if, if this proceeds, but if nothing changes, then well, how do people understand exactly that their particular relationship is a marriage equivalent relationship? And that's the, that's the, 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 the square that Mary and the government can't, uh, can't resolve. And, and the other point, and, and actually Mary is making a point against her argument, to be honest, with the Amara case, because the Amara case shows that actually families can't be discriminated uh, uh, on in the basis uh, of the constitution that no, you know this uh, is which is a very very case. sad case of, of John Amara where he had to go through to the courts uh, to achieve his rights and his rights were were vindicated to him on the basis of his children being treated equally uh, under the, the constitution all I'm saying to the government is we could have solved the problem with the language being archaic and not representative of modern situations by putting in something that actually was defined and people understood. Um, we have a, a an amendment that's undefinable and therefore has serious consequences in a whole range right. of Sen- family Senator, situations. Senator? The fact is, John O'Mara was not recognised as a family. 
He was recognised on the basis of his children's rights to equality before the law, but he was not recognised as a family. That is a travesty. Families as we know them and as people live their lives all day, every day, family rights. So are you saying that if if it is passed then, are are, are you saying that in terms of of durable relationships, that if if it is passed, that that will change that very point you've just made? Yes. Yeah, there are there are things that we, we first start arguing those. Well, you said nothing would change a few minutes ago, Mary. The, I said that the Omara judgment obliges us to bring forward legislation to either facilitate the inclusion of cohabitees and to put boundaries on that. The Child and Family Relationships Act extends guardianship to cohabitees after two years. And if they don't have children, uh, to extends rights to cohabitees after five years. There are already indications of when the government sets limits in law, when there are requirements. The Omara decision puts an obligation on the government to now consider the circumstances that that case grow, okay. Uh, grew oh, up. Okay. But the uh, fact okay. of the matter is that they couldn't stand there and say they were a family and, and that the constitution R- right. recognises them I'm, as a family. I'm, I'm, and the people in our lives okay. need that. Geraldine's been in touch to say, Joe, we're getting more confused with all this. It's bad enough we can't understand the booklet. Now, Geraldine, listeners were giving me a hard time last week about not having this debate. Uh, We had Miss Justice Marie Baker on the show, who's head of the Electoral Commission. You can listen back to that um, on uh, the app as a podcast or live95.ie. We will podcast this as well. And as you know, there are other sources of information as well. So we're doing our best here and we're grateful to have uh, Fine Gael Senator Mary Siri Carney and Aintus Padder Tobin, uh, Tobin with us uh, this morning. And we're going to move now to the CARE Amendment. Um, this is uh, another referendum uh, that would remove the clause in the Constitution that uh, references a woman's life and a mother's duties in the home and replace it with a recognition of care within the family. If the referendum passes, language in the article around duties of women in the home would be replaced by a new article providing that the state will strive to support care within families. Tobin, you're advocating a no vote here. Why? Yeah, so the major reason that we're advocating a no vote uh, in this uh, amendment is that the government's language has very much insulated the government from any responsibilities in terms of provision of care uh, to people with disabilities, to people with Alzheimer's, to older people within society. So we know that care has probably never been as devalued as it is at the moment. You know, uh, nursing homes are closing now um, every month. Child care providers are closing every week. Children in state care currently uh, are going missing at the moment and being put into unregulated uh, locations. Uh, we know that families are struggling to just to get a couple of hours in terms of um, uh, home care help uh, for, for loved ones. And, you know, there's a real pressure on care. The Citizens Assembly came up with a form of words that created an obligation for the government to provide care. And the government, true to form, said, no, they're not going to do that. And they literally put in a, a fuzzy unenforceable uh, term called strive, which means that the government have basically insulated themselves from providing any care uh, to families who need it. You know, and and care organisations and organisations such as FLAC, you know, have stated that, you know, this is an injustice to people with disabilities. It is an injustice to those uh, who are responsible uh, for care. You know, FLAC have even said that it's this amendment is implicitly sexist because what it does is it places the responsibility on care solely with the unpaid family members. 
And the majority of those are, are currently women uh, at the moment. And it also creates a stereotype for people with disabilities because, you know, a young person with a disability is an independent citizen of our country, should be autonomous. And yet they're not being able to provide uh, get care for themselves independently. The government is pushing it back on families. Right. And we think that's wrong. Uh, uh, Senator Carney, you're advocating a yes vote. Why? Yes, I am, because all over our country, care happens in families. Uh, people are listening to this program today that are parents of children that they care for. There are children who, pair, who care for their parents, their elderly parents, there are couples who are caring for each other, siblings who are caring for each other, grandparents who are rearing um, their children, like the grandmother that came into my clinic last week. And um, There are people rearing uh, their aunts and uncles, there are kinship relationships all over the country, and that recognition of care needs to be elevated and enshrined in the Constitution. The wording puts an obligation to support care onto the government. To strive to support is an active, proactive obligation to move forward so that the threshold is as it stands at this moment in time. And at this moment in time, there are caring supports. There are uh, there are thresholds by which people are, are, are given benefits for the fact that they care. They're given leave from work for the fact that they care. So there are, we want as a government, we want the instruction on the people of Ireland, from the people of Ireland to put that obligation on the state for this and further governments that whatever our baseline is now, that it can and, and, and the current reference to women in, in the current article? All right. Well, the fact of the matter is that women are already, they're also twice mentioned in Article uh, 45. Uh, but throughout the, con- the Constitution, it uses the word dinner, which is a person, a man or woman, just as Marie Baker has said that. And uh, so the fact is, it, would, it is unusual that one, it, and the, the constitutional position as it stands at this moment in time, merely refers to rights of mothers um, to not have to go out you know, through an economic necessity. It doesn't give them a right to stay at home. It just merely gives them a choice. It hasn't been justiciable. Nobody has litigated and won on the basis of it. In fact, it has been deployed uh, for to bring about discrimination in the past. Right. And that was what... Uh, it so, 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 Pallor Tobin, I mean, that point of the current reference to women. Yeah, well, first of all, I, I think that um, it's the, the government should have updated the language by including mothers and fathers. I do think it's wrong that the only reference to a mother is being deleted uh, from the Constitution. I think that's a disappointment. It has been cited in Supreme Court cases. I think Mary, Mary is wrong in this. In the, in the 1980 Murphy decision, for example, it was unconstitutional to introduce tax income tax laws that treated the, the family less favourable in this scenario. In the Justice Finlay case in 1992, Again, it was used in relation to protecting alimony and maintenance uh, for women. Uh, and indeed, you know, maternity leave, child benefit right. payments has but, but been, been key, created in light of this. was a change uh, by former Minister for Finance, Charlie McCreevy, individualisation in the tax law that had a profound impact, actually, on people, including um, women. And that wasn't found to be unconstitutional. Yeah, and absolutely. And I, I would disagree with the tax individualization element of Charlie McCreevy's policies. But there was a need for the government then to put in a tax credit in relation to the carer at home uh, in relation to that uh, as well when that happened. But like, it's really important to remember that the government have uh, refused to introduce the, the UN Charter uh, for people with disabilities. The government have been absolutely shockingly poor in relation to this. And actually, we have, we, we, we have a mother at the chance. moment who's... We, 
We have a mother who, at the moment who is in the Supreme Court exactly on the basis of the existing article. She's a, a mother looking for carer's allowance, a mother of a person with disabilities, Down syndrome and autism. And she's trying to get a, a, a carer's allowance on her own right. The government are refusing her. She's right. basing her, her, her application to the court on this article. Okay. And actually, a panel of judges have stated that there is a systemic importance to this case because it relates to this article. And yet, if we vote yes on the day her case falls. Right, Senator Carney on that. All right, well, well, first of all, from a disabilities perspective, the government is a signatory to the Convention on the on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities. We have a Disability Matters Committee, Joint Oireachtas Committee in, in the Oireachtas, that holds all of the government departments and has uh, to account and has produced reports on what needs to be done. There is a quarterly meeting with Anne Rabbit uh, that each government department and the interdepartmental group have to meet with to talk about the implementation of universal design planning. There are matters I'm not denying the fact that, and I would be the most vocal person in the Shannon on the shortcomings of the HSE when it comes to the provision of and of, of supports when it comes to the provision of actual services. Correct. I have called for well, the no, just, just one minute. I, I, I want to ask um, Senator Carney if this is passed. Are you saying that it will help carers? Yes, I am saying it will because for a start, it'll recognise the fact. The care isn't just carried out by mothers. Care is also carried out by fathers, but it is also carried out by grandparents, aunts, uncles. It's carried out in a whole multiplicity of ways all throughout the country. And that care needs to be elevated. And the fact is that the Irish word drain here has a forward momentum and upward momentum meaning to it. And the Irish word is the superior right. word. That is a fact. That I, what I, is so you, you, you're making, you, just, to just, just to be clear, because you, you've mentioned uh, two uh, Irish words in the last uh, few answers. So you, you're saying the Irish language constitution takes precedence. Well, in, any, in any interpretation, the Irish is always the superior. That is always the way. The fact okay. of the matter is that that is the definition that was deliberately chosen in the Irish word. I also need to address the fact that the right, the Finlay decision has been quoted. That was a decision that predates divorce referendum. The divorce referendum and the, all of the legislation and the wording in the constitution that requires proper provision for families. So to, to cite it as a basis of alimony, in, in actual fact, that that woman was claiming for a beneficial right in, for a, a claim on the on the estate of the man, and it was overturned by the, it was rejected right. by the Supreme Court. De- That's what that Finlay Sorry. decision okay, yeah, yeah, says. De- yeah, I, I can just imagine many people must be really frustrated listening to this at the moment. The government are saying that if we pass this, that in some way the government can then improve their level of care for people with disabilities. There's absolutely nothing stopping the government helping provide more care for people with disabilities today if only they had the will. And actually, Ireland is only one of 10 countries across Europe yet to sign up to the optional protocol on the, uh, on, on the Convention uh, for the Rights of People with Disabilities. And that's, that's really, really important. The government could provide that now. The other point I just want to say briefly, if I can, is you know, the, the, right now, and this shows you the kind of the, the disconnect between the government and people, and the government is happy to fly, you know, meaningless marketing 
uh, virtue signaling such as this, but they won't actually provide actual help for people. So in my own constituency, I speak to parents, mothers and fathers. They're getting up at half six in the morning. They're traveling an hour and a half into work. They're dropping their kids off at childcare. They're working a nine hour day. They're doing it all in reverse. They're on an economic treadmill because of the economic necessity forced by this government in terms right. of massive well, mortgages. How, how does this relate and, and, now and, to the, the amendment? I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because yeah, the government briefly. states that the government states that a woman's place is wherever she wants it to be, and I fully agree. But that is not the case under the government's policy because most right, okay, mothers well, and fathers okay. are a, actually on an economic right, right, treadmill, well, look, bursting that's, that's themselves, a, a, trying to, to raise their families. And we'll be having lots of debates between now and uh, the various elections that we have in Limerick and nationwide in the twelve months to come. Uh, I want to thank you both most sincerely for contributing to our debate this morning on the two referendums. Uh, you will be asked to vote on Friday the 8th of March and a thank you to Fine Gael Senator Mary Siri Carney and Aintu's TD and party leader Padder Toby. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.